let's just be re- real here. Our, both our brains are not working no, right now. I promise you, JP, whatever whatever capacity you think your brain is running at, I promise you mine is running at half of that speed. And it's Allie, not I work, good. I work with children. That's Remember? your choice. That's your choice. Yes. And grad school was your choice. <laughs> okay, touche. Touche. <laughs> so so then what's what is our choice for doing this because <laughs> uh, this is supposed to be stress-free this is the this ramblings is how, of two idiots <laughs> this is how we cope with life people we cope with life by talking about death because we're spooky you yay i was like trying to make that a surprise but i forgot you could see the record button <laughs> yeah no i could i could literally see when you hit record but we I was hoping are hoping you were oblivious to that <laughs> I'm oblivious to a lot, but I, I am a very aware when I am center stage because I like attention. Yes, so, you do. <laughs> so, hey, y'all, we are Spooky You. We are talking about all things spooky, weird, macabre, dark history. I don't know. I just start listing things and JP starts numbering them off. Like I'm I was always curious. Like you always list them off. I never was like, how I many s- things are we listing here? But I switch them up, dude. Like I switch them up all the time. But well, you if always say legends lore. I do always see legends and lore. Um, But pretty much if it's weird and dark and spooky and historical, we like it, we talk about it, and we share it with y'all because that's what we do. And Yeah, we are using our coping and our hobby to help bring you joy that we don't (laughs) have right now. How do we cope with the traumas of life? We talk about death and it's fine. But JP, how are you? I am actually doing great. I saw six bears yesterday. Yeah, behind, behind a safety a, wall. Okay, okay. A wall. <laughs> like, um, like behind a fence. Did you name them? Do they have names? Uh, they do. Uh, one was called Toby. One was Lucky. Stop had, it. Uh, lo- one Lucky of them was Toby. Underbite. Yeah. Uh, one was what, named, wait. Lucky had yeah. an underbite. Yeah. It oh my was, god. It was so cute. Other than the fact that he was eight feet tall and likely could have killed me. If what types of bears close. were they like black bears grizzly bears brown polar bears. bears brown bears yeah brown uh, bears. panda bears um but yes the wild alaskan panda bear yes they're out there they're yeah. out there they're they're out there in your dreams oh uh, yeah well yeah <laughs> it's pretty accurate so uh you know jp i i gotta tell you man um i don't know what it is what's up with me i'm just i'm not feeling too good man like i don't know oh, what's going on i think i might be a little seasick Really? Ah! Really? We're doing this? Yeah, I did it. You know why? Gee, Willikers <laughs> Alley, why are you feeling sick today? Because <laughs> we're talking about the Queen Mary. I hate myself. I'm sorry. I hate myself. Wow. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Welcome to our 1950s infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, well, yes. We're, we're talking about the RMS Queen Mary. Pretty much, if you know an ocean liner, but you haven't seen the Titanic, this is the next one you think about? It, they, I've got to be honest, they look alike. I mean, one, one smokestack difference, but they look alike. Well, that's likely because they were actually made by the same manufacturer, by the same company. Well, sort of. Really? We'll get into that in a little bit, yeah. Actually, I didn't know that. So you're going to teach me something. Well, you you teach me a lot of things because your research is very thorough. So I uh, just, yeah, it's what I do in my free time, which I should probably do more social. You need things, a hobby. This is my hobby, you jackass. <laughs> this, is, this is our hobby. <laughs> okay. It's not like we don't do anything else, though. Seriously. Oh, God, no. Anyway, you want to like dive right into it. <laughs> dive. Get it. <laughs> You hate me so. <laughs> you hate me so much. <laughs> it is a good thing that we don't have um we don't have Titanic victims listening to this podcast. They would write in with a lot of complaints. You know. Oh, when did, when did the Titanic sink? Was that? Don't we actually know one? No. Oh no, Grammy's friend. Remember, Grammy's friend was on the Titanic. Was she? Yeah. Like really, we knew someone on the Titanic. Yeah. Well, not like who. Well, yeah, she was. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, re- really. Yeah, she was like a little girl. She was coming across, and then she was on the Titanic. She got off. Yeah. You, well, you I would assume that? if Grammy knew her, like, <laughs> no, JP, listen. Are, are anyway. you pulling my leg right now? I can't no, tell if I'm you're dead serious. Me. Okay. No, you think I'd forget Grammy telling me, oh, by the way, I know someone who was on one of the most famous ship disasters in history. Yeah, actually, I do. 
Wow. Okay, you know me very well, but no, I am being genuine about that. Oh, okay. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. You know, she probably did mention it and I was probably just being like a stupid kid, just like, oh yeah, that's cool, whatever. And like, just forgot. But that's actually really cool. Like if if she did, I mean, she lived in, as you called it as a child, the quote unquote land of the old people. (laughs) Do you remember that? (laughs) There's a lot of things I said back then and we could fill an episode with them. Actually, um, I know Grammy filled a book with them. Yes, she did. She, Mom and I were talking about it yesterday. Uh, we were trying to find it. I was going to read some to you, but I, I never found it. Um, but, yeah, but Land of the Old gone. People was one of them. This and then the um, gone off the rails. We're, we, you want to talk about going off the rails, Mister Aztec mythology? <laughs> no, I want to get back to Queen Mary. Well, yeah, I guess Queen Mary was never really on the rails to begin with. So, but um, shh. <laughs> anyway. Anywho, do you want to give some background information or do you want me to give some real brief background information? Oh, I got this one. All right, you go. You go, JP. So you do I, the damn thing. So go. We'll start, start at the beginning. First, Queen Mary's construction was announced at the John Brown and Company shipyard in Clydebank, Scotland on December 1st, 1930. That was actually when when her keel was laid, so that was when construction began. Job number 534. That's your birthday! Yep, so I share a birthday (laughs) with the Queen Mary. You do share a birthday with the Queen Mary. I'm just, you know... You know, not getting You're too so hot. honored. Yeah, I'm very honored now. I feel like royalty. Not not the you actual know, Queen Mary, just the ship. Do you know who I share a birthday with? Osama bin Laden? No, Dick Cheney. <laughs> that's my favorite fun fact about me. I'm not going to lie. That, that's pretty I love, good. I love when people are like, oh, what celebrity shares your birthday? And I'm just like, Dick Cheney. <laughs> Beautiful. It's like the dumbest thing to be like really proud about because he's not a good person, but like I think it's hilarious. Yeah, he All was right, technically keep... president for four hours. Wait, was he? Yeah, whenever. No. Uh, yeah, so George W. Bush went under general anesthesia oh. for like a minor surgery, and they enacted the twenty fifth. So for like four hours, while President Bush was going under uh, surgery, Dick Cheney was the president of the United States. Wow. Actually, I didn't know that's pretty cool. Well, good good for you, dick old boy. Uh, let's keep talking about the Queen Mary. <laughs> so construction continued until December 1931 when work was halted due to the Great Depression and the inability to secure further bank loans. In an effort to complete the ship, the uh, Cunard, Cunard Comp- Ship Company. Yeah, just Cunard. 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 Appealed to the British government for a loan to complete the ship. They agreed, basically seeing the ship as kind of like a symbol of hope for British during this time. And the one condition, though, was that in order for Kennard to get the loan, they had to merge with the White Star Line, who... Oh, there, yep, yep history, there it is. Uh, okay. Well, not history buffs, but anyone who's seen Titanic will recognize the name there. Anyone who has seen Titanic, James Cameron's adaptation, even Celine Dion's music video will know that the white star line do you remember we had that board game the titanic board game and oh my god we need to play that again we need to find it i need to find it if we still have it it's gonna be any other i'm gonna find i'm gonna make mom and dad play tonight and i'm gonna destroy them and make them die with the ship okay let's (laughs) keep going on september 26 1934 job number 534 was christened rms queen mary by her namesake (gasps) it took three and a half i have a story hang on it took three and a half Aww. years and costed $334 million in today's U.S. dollar. The ship Yikes. was not only one of the largest of its time, but it was one of the most technologically advanced. So go ahead. Well, yeah, because uh, she had five dining areas and lounges, two cocktail bars, swimming pools, a grand ballroom, a squash court, and a small hospital. To name a few things, but her name, okay, so this is actually a pretty funny legend. So, you know, again, this is a legend, so it's said. Um, the board of directors at Kennard originally had decided on the name the Queen Victoria. This kept with traditions of all of their ships having an Ia suffix. There was the Mauritania, the Aqua, Aqua, wow, <laughs> Aquatania. I know, JP, man, you're messing me up here. 
uh, the Berengia, uh, to name a few. Legend states that Kennard directors went to King George for the blessing of the proposed name, saying, we decided to name our ship after England's greatest queen. They were, of course, referring to the king's grandmother, Queen Victoria. But upon hearing this, the king reported to have said, my wife will be delighted that you're naming the ship after her. And he, of course, was referring to Queen Mary. So classic miscommunication right there. I don't feel like that was so much a miscommunication as that was just, I am a king. I'm pulling a power move. Well, was it the king pulling a power move or was it the king just being like, oh, yes, the greatest queen of all time is my wife, which, by the way, every single man should say. I, so I uh, King George is correct. Yeah, I don't think there was ever an option <laughs> that King George was going to say anything other than Queen Mary. They really should have realized that. At least in some public capacity. I'm sure maybe if, you know, if word got out that it wasn't Queen Mary, there would be some there would be some conversation happening. Yeah, but we're not going to get into that today because that's not why we're here. No, no, and we are not marriage counselors. No, so God no. <laughs> uh, so no. I do have another fun fact: the RMS in the oh the yes. prefix title. So that actually stands for Royal Mail Ship. So uh, every time you say RMS, I keep thinking of RMU. Whenever we lived in Pittsburgh, you know Robert Morris University. Yep, shout out to Bobby Mo. Yeah. So the reason that the prefix this is a little thing about ships is that they tend to identify certain things. So any ship that's used to carry the mail gets the RMS, so Royal Mail Ship. So question. Yes. If you were still a mailman, <laughs> I don't want to talk you about have, it. Could could you have driven the RMS Queen Mary? technically i would not have been qualified but i would not have been surprised if i was asked to do so do we think that jeffrey bezos um would have purchased an rms ship i'm pretty sure he just would have purchased the whole fleet actually he would have just purchased the whole damn ocean yeah so yeah apart from rms the prefix of a ship can also indicate what it's powered by so if it wasn't used to carry mail or didn't have that contract it would be the ss queen mary for steamship and if she had been commissioned by the royal navy she would have been hms for his slash her majesty's ship queen mary oh that's when they smash the uh, champagne bottle against the ship and get all the glass in the ocean right yeah well when they christen them yeah but that can also change because if she no longer carries mail then she would just be the ss queen mary okay so even though she carried like a crap ton of passengers just the sole fact that she carried mail. They were like, RMS. Yep. Uh, they, she got okay. that designation. So <laughs> now one of the things I want to quick talk about, because you know the one thing you always think about with ships? Um, boats. Architecture. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> We weren't thinking about the same thing. No, we were not, but I don't care because- I was thinking about lifeboats. <laughs> uh, well, not clearly not in this day. Well, after- yeah, this was. Well, no, now we're. Have you ever been on a cruise? I have not. I don't intend to. I have been on one carnival cruise, and I will tell you um, if I was going to go on a cruise again, well, one, I was a college kid, so like it was what we could afford. But um, if I was going to do it again, I would go on like a cruise line that wasn't poopy. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably like Disney, maybe Royal Caribbean. But at the same time, right now, they're just kind of like floating COVID quarantine oh my god and i'm just i'm just not feeling that so interesting bit is that whenever in Sitka a cruise ship comes through all the locals like stay out of the downtown area and just let oh that's smart yeah we just let the tourists do their thing and then once they leave we kind of come back in have they been have cruise ships been coming into Sitka? yeah we've had two since i've gotten here oh which do you know like which companies is like princess alaska do, does alaska have a cruise line or am i thinking airplanes no they do there's alaska oh, cruise. Cruise line too? i don't know if it's the same company but um yeah so we've had two i saw one uh anchored in the sound but i haven't seen one. oh that's cool yeah so pretty nice but um huh so the reason i brought up do they have lifeboats yes they do Okay, good. I'm glad. So the reason that I brought up the architecture was because one of the most iconic things when you go and look at the Queen Mary is its awesome Art Deco style architecture. Yeah, I'm talking very like very Great Gatsby. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I did a little digging because like this is a pretty awesome style. 
and yeah. it's very hard to pin down. So this is just like a very generalization. So yeah. let's get into it quick. Now, the Art Deco style is kind of basically almost like you could think of a world style of architecture because this is when things were really getting connected in the world. And you have this like mixture of East Asian, African, Greco-Roman. Um, oh, very nice. Yeah, the big thing too is like, I love it. You'll see on a lot of older buildings in the US yeah. where they have this... Um, uh, it's the concrete. It looks almost like a industrialized Greek pantheon, like the industrialized Greek pantheon. No, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. And this was huge. And the Queen Mary just like, it was all about luxury and modernization with this. So this kind of style was just all over the Queen Mary. She was a fancy girl. She was a fancy, fancy broad. Oh, absolutely. She was basically fitted out to be like, the cutting edge of the world at this time but not unsinkable no, well ironically she never sank so you know she did better. Well, no she never sank but like they didn't boast about her being unsinkable like they did the titanic no the uh, canard and the white star line learned that lesson uh <laughs> they said if we talk about it yeah it's it's manifestation you know you when you speak things out into the world they happen and it when it works with karma you get the Titanic, which that's really bad to say about a disaster. But, you know, don't say something is unsinkable or it'll sink. So in addition to some of the amenities you had mentioned, they also had libraries, lecture halls, air conditioning, which was, you know, a huge deal back then. Dude, they had air conditioning? Yeah. So that was like the big cutting edge technology that Damn, they had. good for her. Yeah. They also had a Jewish prayer room, which I will take this hot take. Fuck you, Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like that was almost just a big fuck you to Nazi Germany. Because pretty much, remember, yeah. Remember, this is the 30s. Hitler's on the rise right now. Oh, yeah. This is pre World War II. Also, look this up when you guys get the chance. There is a beautiful wood mural in the Grand Salon of the Queen Mary. It has like a sweet modern clock on it, kind of like that ang very angular style. And it has like a Columbus looking map. And it actually showed the New York to London route that it was supposed to do. It even had a little motor model ship that would track the progress of the Queen Mary as it was sailing across. Dude, that's like real fancy. Hold on. I'm looking it up right now as you're talking. It is so cool. Holy crap. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. It has a little model. One of my also favorite things I found, too, was uh, there were a lot of obvious inspections and tests and trials that were done on the Queen Mary before it was ready to sail. And one of them was... Uh, a Olympic runner, Lord Burfley, had to run one lap around the promenade deck in an evening attire. Wait, why? Like, for what reason? I think just to test the stability of the ship to make sure that uh, women wouldn't lose their balance while on the promenade deck. So I think he had to run a lap around the promenade deck in heels. Oh. In heels? I can't. I love I it. I can't confirm whether it was in heels or not, but. No, we're just going to say it's in heels. We're confirming it right now. Yeah. It's confirmed. It happened. Walk a mile in her shoes. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, like run a lap in her shoes. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a thing that they did in college. It was like a, a charity thing where all of the like guys would literally walk a mile in heels and like they would sign up to do it and donate money. It was really sweet. Aww. It was very nice of them to do. Yeah. Uh, so you have any ghost stories or you want me to just kind of jump into some of the early years of it? Uh, you keep going with the early years because at this point we don't have a reason to have ghosts yet. Oh yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> just yeah. it was built and immediately yeah. haunted. They installed the ghosts. Ghosts were just like, you know what? I like this. It's a mobile home. There's new people to haunt every week. Let's just let's just make a nice little house right in here. It's decorated nicely. Got good architecture. Got some nice boats on the side here. This is a good gig. Well, anyway, it's a good gig. Well, before we get to that great gig, JP is like, I'm done with you already. We're not even halfway through this episode. Yeah. So the Queen Mary made her maiden voyage on May 27th, first to Cherbourg, France, and then departed for New York the next day. It didn't take long for the Queen Mary to earn a reputation. On her sixth voyage, she won blue ribbon for the fastest North Atlantic crossing. I was going to say, she sounds like a sassy broad. So, oh, yeah, you know. no, she was not to be messed with in the cruise line industry. Sassy, classy, and a bit smart-assy. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I honestly couldn't really think of a good description of the personality of the Queen Mary, so we'll just go with that. Okay, that works. Maybe a little brassy. I'm done. Good night. 
a title she would be in competition <laughs> with the uh, French cruise liner, the Normandy. The Normandy? Normandy? We? Oui. Normandy? We? Oui. Bonjour. All the while, she's going back and forth. She's this, you know, symbol of the modern world. The clouds of war are beginning to loom. And soon, the Queen Mary would find herself on the front lines. Oh, no. Mary? You okay, Mary? Uh, no. Now I have, uh, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? But it's Mary. Okay. I'm good. It is war. Okay. World War II is upon us. In August of 1939, the Queen Mary would find herself under the escort of HMS Hood. Those who might be a little bit of a history buff might recognize that ship. The Hood was actually famous in its own right. It was like the pride of the British Royal Navy, and it would tragically meet its end not long after this at the hands of the Bismarck. Uh, is the Bismarck a German Yeah, ship? that was actually a whole famous incident in its own that kind of was like a big marker for the end of the battleship. But that's a story for another time. The next trip to New York, she and her sister ship, the Queen Elizabeth, would be converted from luxury liners to military transports. That's some luxurious military transport right there. Well, hang on one sec. All the portholes were blacked out and efforts were made to increase carrying capacity. So side note too, the U.S. was still neutral at this point, so it could not actually lend direct aid in outfitting these ships. However, the British could come to the port and then purchase all the materials to, uh, you know, whatever they needed. That was kind of maybe a little bit of the lend-lease. Okay. Oh, I got the little workaround. I see what they're doing. Okay, good job, yep. everybody. She would then travel to Sydney, Australia, where she would be completely outfitted for wartime troop transport. Uh, this included the removal of all luxury decorations and furniture. Wall-mounted cots were installed for the troops, three stacked high. She was painted a navy gray, giving rise to the nickname the Gray Ghost. Oh, okay. She was also fitted with massive degaussing coils. Okay, what are those? Ah, this is exciting because we're now getting into <laughs> wartime technology. Oh, JP, you just lit up right there. <laughs> I know. I love every time like we do these ghost things, you're like spooky. I'm like, architecture, magnets. War. I'm in the wrong podcast. <laughs> Aztec mythology. <laughs> oh, God, I'm not going to live that one down. No, you're never living that one down because it was like 30 minutes of just glorious JP off the rails. It was incredible. I mean, we need to do an episode on it, but it was so good. It was so good. Like, I loved it. It was great. Anyway, wartime see, d tools. Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Now, you see, during uh, the early stages of the war, the German Navy, or Kriegsmarine, would deploy magnetic mines. These were actually pretty clever devices because they could actually measure the natural magnetic field of the Earth could detect the concentrated magnetic field that disturbed this that were often surrounding ships. What? Yeah. This was in 1930s. And these are Damn, that's pretty impressive. And they were especially dangerous because these mines didn't have to come into contact with the ships. They uh, could actually be deployed by uh, German bombers coming to and from uh, England. And they could be dropped into places that uh, were previously deemed clear by British patrols. So obviously, these mines posed a major problem for the British. But in the naval intelligence, they developed a method called degaussing, which comes from the uh, unit used by the Germans, Gauss, for measuring level of magnetism. Now, degaussing worked by having like a charged coil that would be surrounding the ship that could counter the ship's magnetic field that it produced, thus making it invisible to the magnetic sensors in the mine. Huh. This uh, tactic would be developed from having degaussing coils to literally having like giant coils that they could just send ships through to degauss them. But this essentially made the mines ineffective against all British and American Navy ships. That's actually pretty cool. Like, if you think about just the technology that it took to actually do that, like, that's really oh, cool. Oh, yeah, it was, which is why I wanted to bring it up, because it was really cool. And it also further helped the Queen Mary, because she was pretty much one of the fastest and largest troops transports that the Allies had. 
So as you had mentioned, she was outfitted to carry 16,000 troops in a single trip. Yeah. And avoiding. Wow. Yeah. So she was able to avoid German U-boats, which, so side note, this was like a huge thing during the early stages of the war because obviously you had to get all this raw material and manpower from the U.S. to Europe. And the Germans had a lot of what were called U-boats or submarines. And they were very dangerous to a lot of slower uh, convoy ships because they would often hunt in packs and use different tactics, fire torpedoes, knock these things out. And because they used uh, often listening, like a ship sank and somebody came to help, yeah. they would hear that ship sinking and know, oh, somebody's going to come help them. I'll sink the ship that comes and helps them. So, <laughs> Got a two for one right there. So just getting to the war was just dangerous enough. But some accounts claim that the Queen Mary didn't have an issue with this because she could travel at 28 knots or 32 miles an hour. And the fastest that a U-boat could travel submerged was eight. So then, okay, so hold on. You had said earlier that U-boats traveled with speed, um, but they still got the other ships. So how fast were the other ships going? Not very fast. So most of the time... Yeah, I was going to say. So back then, submarines weren't that fast under the surface, but they could reach about 17 knots or 20 miles an hour on the surface. Okay. So very often what they would do is they would travel on the surface, and then as they approached a convoy, then they would submerge. So the problem was kind of more of like once they found them, they could, but the Queen Mary was so fast that some claim that she even was able to travel, she didn't travel with a convoy because she was just so fast, and when she would zigzag, submarines basically couldn't target her oh she zigzagged too so zigzagging was a common uh tactic used by uh as like a counter to submarines because when they moved at angles and there's no references on the horizon submarines can't gauge exactly which direction the ship's going how fast she's going so they can't so it's harder for them to plot their uh torpedoes and then when they keep switching back and forth it makes it harder for uh, them to line up a shot oh, okay yeah that makes sense yeah basically think about like when you're running away from an alligator yeah <laughs> i was going more for like whenever you see those people who are like you know they have one guy has a gun and the guy's like bobbing his head back and forth yeah i was thinking running away from an alligator that's where my mind was going okay well because they say you're supposed to zigzag because the alligators can't oh, zigzag I, it really doesn't matter alligators aren't like super fast you just have to avoid the initial strike and then they'll they won't chase you just stay away from water in Florida. Yeah, pretty much. Or Georgia. Or the South. Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi. Anywho, so the Queen Mary served basically all over from the Pacific to the North Atlantic. A couple notable uh, incidences during her wartime service. On the morning of October 2nd, 1942, the Queen Mary collided with the cruiser HMS Kurokoa. Oh... Yeah, she did do that. After rendezvousing with the Queen Mary off the coast of Northern Ireland, the uh, Kurokoa was to escort the Queen Mary the rest of the way. Now, I know I said she usually traveled unescorted, but once she got into Northern Ireland, she became in range of uh, German aircraft, which she had no defenses against. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Except her speed and diagonal movements. Nope, nope. Nope, that wasn't no, going to help. No, by this point in war, aircraft pretty much dominate the ocean. Okay. Yeah, so remember how I mentioned the Bismarck earlier? Yes. That was the second largest battleship ever created during World War II, and it was taken out by obsolete biplanes. Really? Yep. Jeez. Okay, yeah, I guess the planes really did dominate. Yes, yeah, so it was right around Battle of Midway, so this would have been, well, a couple months after that. So this was really when aircraft carriers and air power were taking over the seas. Oh, geez. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the Queen Mary received the Kurokoa as an escort, along with two destroyers that had been in the area. Now, what happened next basically boils down to miscommunication. So the Queen Mary was zigzagging uh, to continue avoiding submarines, but the Kurokoa, being older and slower, had to stay in a straight line in order to keep pace with the Queen Mary. Uh-oh. As the Queen Mary was approaching the Kurokoa on one of its zigs, the Kurokoa believed that it had the right of way as the escorting naval vessel and did not change its course. Oh no. Despite the increase in close proximity of the Queen Mary, 
the Queen Mary's captain also did not break its zigzag pattern because it believed that its safety was the top priority. Uh-oh. And even at one point, the helmsman of the Queen Mary requested permission to change course to avoid hitting the Kurokoa, but was refused because the captain believed the uh, Kurokoa knew to get out of the way. So don't assume, people, because... It makes an ass out of you and me. And also, it leaves 337 crewmen of the Kurokoa dead when the hey! when the Queen Mary literally chopped the Kurokoa in half. Dude. Yes. What? Yep. Uh, the stern of the Kurokoa sank almost immediately, and the bow remained afloat. The two destroyers that had been with the Queen Mary were ordered to go and try and rescue survivors, but the Queen Mary continued on due to concerns of U-boats. Okay, that makes sense. Were there any survivors? There were not many. I can't remember the exact number, Uh, but I think I saw it was like double digit. That's, mm, we don't like that. Mm -mm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, I can't remember. Well, she zigged when she should have zagged. Yeah, it, it was not many. Communication is key, yes. people. Communication is key. Queen Mary also had the honor of carrying Winston Churchill across the Atlantic for meetings with FDR under the codename Colonel Warden. <laughs> Colonel Warden. I have no I like idea it. why, but it seems pretty unassuming. I mean, I feel like he should have, like, even Colonel Warden to me, like, if. If the Germans or someone had found out that they were transporting Colonel Warden, to me, that'd be like, oh, there's someone important on that ship. We should probably try to sink the ship. Like they should be like, oh, hello, we are the Queen Mary. We are carrying Colonel Warden on board today. Yeah, but you never know who could receive that information. I feel like they should put it under like a new, like a different name, like, you know, Jimmy uh, Johnson. Um, So they didn't. Schmitty, Worman, Jaegerman, Jensen. They didn't announce to everybody <laughs> that they were carrying. Well, obviously they didn't announce it. They just it. put it on the logbooks. Yeah, but again, someone could get the logbook, log Not Jakey. exactly, because the British were incredibly good at espionage. And basically, oh, I don't know if it was by this time, but during the war, the British basically managed to capture and turn almost every single spy the Germans sent over into Great Britain. But as oh, a security wow. risk, they used that code name for him, and you know they just would have put that on the passenger manifest. And you... again, I still think it should have been something more like common. I don't know. Do you know how many colonels there were, like walking around? Lars. Do do you do you know Scott, how Larry? This is why you don't work. Uh... This is why you don't work in <laughs> intelligence, Allie. No, I should listen. I should work in intelligence because. I am commonly smart, okay? I can, I could come up with some really, really stupid things that other people are not going to think of. That is very yes, useful because nobody in will this type of situation. Nobody will ever be suspicious of uh, Smitty Wurthern, Jaegerman, Jensen. Well, when you say it correctly, no one will be. Know why? Why? Because he was number one. Smitty Wurthern, Jaegerman, Jensen. Jesus Christ. Okay, so... <laughs> Overall, the Queen Mary served very well as a troop transport, actually breaking the record for most troops carried during the war. Not really sure what the previous record was, but she did it. Well, it's hers now, so. Her final military action was September 1946. The uh, Canard White Star Line Company began the painstaking 10-month task of converting her back into a ship or back into an ocean liner which included having to track down all of the furnishings and decor that had been stripped and stored basically everywhere between Singapore and Scotland. So they didn't have just like one place where she was docked and transported or transferred into the wartime ship? Like she was kind of, all, wow, all over the place? Uh, most of it was in Sydney, but there were bits and pieces here and there that had been left in Scotland or left in New York, um, left in Singapore, because I mean, there were a few different stages where things happened. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair. I, for some reason I was thinking that she like went to one place and was like, okay, go ahead. Just take all my stuff, put it in a storage unit. I'll be back for it when the war is over. Cause we're going to go kick some butt right now. We're going to go kick some ass. 
bye let's go kick some nazi butt yeah i mean it also depends if where she was had the uh, means to do this do the renovations or the retrofitting that's true that's true so then they did the retrofitting in scotland i don't know where exactly they did it or where they put it all back together likely in bits and pieces as well one thing though that they did was they did a lot of updates to her and they also converted third class to tourist because this is at the end of the war, this is where we see the end of ships being about actual travel and more about commercial tourism. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is getting into the modern-day cruise liner. Okay, so yeah, she would be a, a cruise liner if she were still sailing yes. around today. While yeah. the Queen Mary was refitted and updated with the latest and greatest, there was one thing that was never changed, and that is one six-inch deck gun that was left on the promenade deck. Probably smart. This was likely left as a tribute to these uh, servicemen and women of the Merchant Marine. Hmm, very nice. Yeah, so if you guys don't know what that is, the Merchant Marines were all of the sailors who weren't military, but served on all of the cargo and transport vessels. They actually had one of the highest casualty rates of the war. Hmm, I don't like yeah. that. They were just doing their job. Queen Mary and her sister ship, Queen Elizabeth, became the most popular ways to traverse the Atlantic and becoming the most profitable ships for the Cunard Company, who had bought out the merger with White Star Line by this point. Question, is the Queen Elizabeth or Elizabeth, wait, the, yeah, Queen Elizabeth ship still sailing? I don't believe so. I'm just curious who retired first, if it's the Queen Elizabeth Ocean Liner or if it's Queen Elizabeth herself, because she's still going. Little Miss Queen Elizabeth, Lizzie, over there. She's still Yeah, the ship's the ship. definitely decommissioned. So the Queen Mary also hosted a lot of iconic actors and names over the years, including Bing Crosby, Audrey Hepburn, and Dwight mm. Eisenhower. Mm. Dwight D. Eisenhower. Well, you know, well yeah. Right? I don't know if yeah. that was during wartime or not, though. So I don't know if that was when he was president or Supreme Ally Commander. Do we think that they were hosting Bing Crosby around the time that he was uh, voicing the, uh, uh, oh my gosh, voice actor for the Sleepy Hollow? Mm, you know, Ichabod and I Mr. Toad? I have absolutely Toad? no idea. I'm just going to pretend that there was a crossover just for the sake okay, of Okay, you do that. He did it for Spooky You. Yeah, retroactively, he did it for Spooky yeah, You. Yeah, because he seems like the kind of guy that would do that. Oh, he would definitely do that. I'm being sarcastic, Allie. He was a he was <laughs> Oh, ass. I know. <laughs> That's what I heard, too. <laughs> also, Jackie and Robert Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Wait, ja Jackie and Robert? Yeah. Wait, not John? Uh, I don't know if John. I just saw Robert Kennedy. Oh, okay. Well, he also had his, uh, his famous deal in World War II. Yeah? Yeah, he was a Medal of Honor recipient. Oh. Yeah, you didn't know about that? JP, I don't know a lot about the Kennedys. Okay, well, right. that's a story for another time. Yeah, no, we'll definitely have to cover that because that is a family that's very yes. interesting. And there's supposedly cursed. So, yes, yeah, they, we'll have they to. suffered a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Also, there. I believe one of John's brothers died in a secret Allied experiment attack where they were going to use a remote controlled bomber. Oh, yikes. Don't like that. Don't like that at all. Yeah, but. Um, Anyway, however, in, <laughs> anyway. in 1958, though, the Queen Mary, like many cruise liners of the day, fell under the shadow of the new jet age. Hmm. Yes. The airplanes. I mean, okay, I'm a little biased. I do I love mean, planes as well. I Well, you, you like anything that is mechanic that gets you from one place to another. You were obsessed with I trains know, as a kid. Now I'm obsessed with planes. Thomas the Tank Engine? Yeah. Trains? No, you you still loved planes as a kid, too. Trains, planes, you liked boats. Because, oh, hey, remember this? Actually, you probably don't because you were too young. There was a year that I got a Barbie yacht yes, for Christmas. Yes, I remember that. Was... And you know what you did? You know what you did, you little <laughs> piece of shit? You sat. You sat in the pool. The, the That's Jesus all you Christ. did. Okay, we pulled okay. it out. Yes, Allie. Yeah, I still hold a wow, grudge. Wow, okay. <laughs> I still hold a grudge, JP. Christ. All right. I could never fill up the pool. My Barbies could not swim in the pool because you kept sitting right. in it. Well, calm down. JP. Uh. That was essentially the Queen Mary for my Barbies. Okay. Okay. Can we yeah. please get Thanks, on JP. with the story? No. Yes. All right. Where was I? Okay. Efforts were made to recover the 
losses by using the Queen Mary for cruise vacations, but by 1965, the Queen Mary was operating at a net loss. And on April 1966, the Canard announced that the Queen Mary was for sale. Oh, the solder. Yep. It did her dirty. Well, you know what? That was, that's, yeah. you know, progress for you. That's now capitalism for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> now, the ship was purchased by Long Beach, California, and sailed to there on December 9th, 1967. The ship was gutted with much of its engines, boilers, and props removed. And from this point on, the ship was declared a building by the U.S. Coast Guard. This was basically the last time the Queen Mary has sailed. But what about the ghost, JP? Well, what about the ghosts? Well, why don't you get into that? Because uh, all I've got from <laughs> here is just, you know, the end of her uh, story. Okay. Well, let me tell you about some ghosts, and then you can wrap her all up in a nice bow there. So the hauntings didn't appear until after she was permanently docked. I'm thinking it's just, you know, she found some calm waters, and the ghosts were like, all right, we're ready to come out. Or it could have been from when they remodeled the ship, like they gutted her, because a lot of times, you know, hauntings start to happen once you start moving things around. Um, or it could have been for tourism. Who knows? Could have been for tourism. The ghost could be like, you know what? I want some attention too. So we're just going to come out and say hi to people. You know, that's not what I meant. Oh, I know it's exactly what you meant. But it is said that at least 130 ghosts and spirits haunt the ship. That's less than the 999 happy haunts in the haunted mansion, but still a very big number of ghosts. <laughs> JP's just shrugging. He's like, eh, okay. Um, for like general hauntings, I'm just putting them in quotes there because, you know, you, you hear the reports of children crying and laughing in the nursery. Again, my rule for life, if you can hear a child, but you can't see a child, just get out. There is also a mysterious splash noise that's heard in the first class swimming pool that has been drained. So there's that. Question. Yeah. Is there any possibility that could just be a wave splashing against the hull? I don't think so. I'm thinking from where the pool is placed, it's got to be like pools on ships have to be more like in the center because that's there's less movement, you know, than on the sides. So like we're talking the center of the ship and it's indoors too. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. In 1966, an 18 year old engineer, John Petter, also known as Half Hutch Harry, was crushed by a watertight door in the engine room during a fire drill. His ghost is said to haunt the ship. Uh, this area is known as door number 13 or shaft alley. It is said that uh, firemen would try their luck by hopping in between the doors before they would shut for a fun little game. And uh, Petter hopped one too many times. Yeah. I think how those doors would work. So I thought they would. I don't know, but they shouldn't have been playing with him. I'll tell you that right now. But he's seen as a bearded man wearing dark clothes. So, JP, I have a question for you. No, I am not him. <laughs> do you? I was gonna say, do you? Do you? Uh, do you moonlight as a as a spooky ghost on a ship? No. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, the ship's salon contains report of a woman in white because, shocker, there is a woman in white on every freaking haunted building, vessel, anything. Um, thought to be a first-class passenger, she slides across the floor in a long gown and dances to silent orchestra music. Uh, there is a young girl named Jackie who drowned in the first-class pool, and it's uh, she said to haunt the area. So she might be the splashing noise. She might be. Okay. Yeah, so we'll we'll give that to Jackie. A young woman named Sarah is said to have been murdered in her first class women's changing room by an unknown man and haunts the first class pool with Jackie. I'm still gonna say Jackie's splashing. There's a lot of there's a lot of hauntings at this pool. Yeah, it's one of the hot spots. Like when you go on a ghost tour, like they the, that's like one of the hot spots. Visitors have seen a woman in 1930s bathing suit haunting the pool, so that might be Sarah. And people have reported suspicious activity near the kitchen where a chef was brutally murdered by soldiers. So there's that, too, that happened oh, in the shoot. kitchen. Uh, hey, your boy Winston's back. Winston Churchill, or, um, you know, Schmitty Worman Jägerman Jensen, as I like to call him. That's my code name Fuck for him. Uh, you. 
<laughs> I know. Rumor has it, legend has it, lore has it that he possibly planned uh, D-Day by playing with toy ships while taking a bath in his stateroom on the ship. If it wasn't for the fact that that is very funny, I would call massive, massive bullshit on that story. Again, JP, it's a legend. So who knows if it's true? We weren't there. But his stateroom. Oh, don't you dare say that it's not true. Let's just please believe that there was a very large Winston Churchill smoking a cigar, planning D-Day with tiny little ships in a bathtub, because that is funny. Tell me that's not it funny. It would be. I'm just trying to think of that. Oh, what was that speech that uh, Winston Churchill gave for D-Day? It was the best of times. It was. No. Nope. That's what I said. You said this morning. Yes. When, when we were talking about you writing your novel. That's okay. how it starts, because you plagiarized it. You don't write. You don't write novels. Anyway, what we're talking. That, where was that joke going? <laughs> Mom and Dad and I were talking about how when you text, you don't text a lot. Like it's like one word. And Mom was saying, "Oh, I wish JP would text me." And we were like, "Well, how many words did you get?" And she's like, "Well, I got. I'm fine, Mom." And we were like, "Oh, that's like he wrote a novel." <laughs> and then I started quoting that novel. <laughs> Okay, that's pretty good. So your reputation that's precedes you. Um, but anyway, so in Winston Churchill, yeah, Winston Churchill, that's what we were talking about. In his stateroom, it said that uh, people have smelled cigar smoke, which I feel like tracks for, you know, old Winston's room he, there. He was a drinker and a smoker. Uh, yeah. That's called. And it's also book. said that. How that song go? Really? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to know. Keep going. <laughs> It's also said that men can be heard screaming and the sound of metal, crushing metal, can be heard below the deck uh, at the extreme front end of the bow. Those who have heard the screams believe it to be the sailors aboard the HMS Curacao. Is it Curacao or Curacao? I, I said Curacoa. No, I'd have to have a little Curacoa. I don't know. Uh, at the moment that the light cruiser was split in half by the liners. So people hearing the screams at the very front end of the boat, they're thinking, oh, that, we know what that's yeah, from. Yeah, that, that, that tracks. That tracks. Um, want me to tell you about cabin B340? Yes. Tell me about cabin B340. I know. It makes me think of like W240. Uh wasn't available to rent for a while due to paranormal activity, but they say it's going to be available once again. So ghost hunters and paranormal enthusiasts alike, enjoy. It was featured in the show's Ghost, Hunted, ghost Hunters and Most Haunted. This room actually experienced hauntings before the ship's retirement, and it is documented in the ship's logs. So there were knockings on the door in the middle of the night. The bathroom lights and sink faucets would turn on and off by itself. Ha, that happened in my dorm room. Ooh. You lived in a pretty old dorm yeah, hall, though. Yeah, but let's be real here. That was probably the, you know, quality of the... You keep telling yourself that. Uh, bathroom door would shut on its own. Some guests have reported the covers being pulled off them at night. Honestly, that to me is like so freaky because like you're fast asleep and then all of a sudden the ghost is just like, nope, Shoot. covers off. So that's that's a good reason to wear pajamas when you go to sleep. Don't sleep naked or the ghosts are going to take your covers. <laughs> and uh, people, <laughs> people. Just a ghost being like, oh, shit. Actually, they might put the covers back on if that I was really the case. Should, oh. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to place that back right there. I hope you're yeah. warm. So actually, that's an argument to sleep naked. Because then if a ghost takes your covers off and they're like, um, you know, more of a, oh, con I guess, conservative ghost, um, <laughs> they just they just want to make sure you were covered. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, sorry. let's be real here. For the most part, paranormal investigators are not known for their bodies, with exceptions. Uh, yeah, Zach Bagans is a walking beefcake. So Okay. I knew I was going to have to bring that. All right, just keep going. Yeah, you walked I know, into I that, JP. He's not hot at all, but the man has, he, he does arm day, just not leg day, apparently. Um, so another thing is people in that room will wake up to see a dark figure standing at the foot of their bed. During the voyage years, this room was actually considered third-class staterooms, and it has since been remodeled into one large great suite. 
So in addition to the standard hotel amenities, this room comes with a supply chest of some unique items to help amplify haunting experience, such as a Ouija board, tarot cards, and a crystal ball. So again, why would you do that? I feel like whoever uh, runs the Queen Mary now was just like, huh, what are things people think are spooky and just put them in the room? Um, yeah, no, they're, the hotel people are like, let's really just make this room a freaking hot spot. Question, do you think when they bought the Ouija board, they uh, scribbled, scribbled out the little Hasbro logo in the bottom right corner? Well, it depends. I mean, I don't. some of them don't have the little logo in the corner. They could have made one. You can make them. I know. I just love that fact that Hasbro makes Ouija boards. We have to do an episode in the history of the Ouija board. That's just like, it's so cool. Oh, and the fact that they made a giant Ouija board in Salem, Massachusetts in 2020. I will never forget. I love Salem, but I will never forgive them. Um, so the room starting rate, this was back, uh, this research was done a while ago, I'd say. And they were starting to offer this room for $4.99 per night. So you can have the covers ripped off of your bed and have a random dark figure standing at the foot of your bed and have lights turn on and off for $500. It's if you look at the pictures, it's not like super luxurious because they're trying to keep it to the like state that it was, you know, like trying to keep it authentic. Um, pretty modest furnishings, nothing over the top, but it's still like I think you're just there for the experience. Yeah, I mean you're you're the, you're on the Queen Mary, so yeah, you're paying for that. Oh yeah. So uh, why don't you finish up the story and then I'll tell you some real life accounts. Following its final resting in uh, Long Beach, California, its fame was not over yet. Like a number of retired ships, the Queen Mary was converted first into a floating museum. In 1988, the Walt Disney Corporation bought the ship from the Weather Corporation for $152 million. This included... Wow. Or no, they bought... Oh, sorry, not they bought the ship. They just bought the whole Weather... Uh, corporation for 152 million which included the queen mary oh wow i didn't know disney owned it well i should have i shouldn't have been surprised that disney just bought the whole company yeah when you have disney money you that's what you do you just buy companies thanks bob Iger. i mean no like we actually love bob my Iger. notes uh, yeah. so yes whatever you can dream of disney owns <laughs> that's pretty much that's true also that's very bringing true. back the aviation love uh one piece of major aviation history Howard Hughes's uh, famous Spruce Goose was unveiled to the public next to the Queen Mary. Spruce yeah, the, Goose? One of the, yeah, the largest uh, aircraft. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So these two icons, the Queen Mary and Spruce Goose, would actually be operated by Disney until Disney's lease was not renewed in 1992. The ship then changed hands to the RMS Foundation. Under this, many of the tours resumed along with dining in 125 rooms refurbished to make the Queen Mary floating hotel. So like what you were saying. Yep. Now, yep. One of the most poignant moments for the Queen Mary's history occurred in 2006. One of the more poignant moments for me doing this research I found in 2006 when the Queen Mary met the Queen Mary 2 also operated by oh. uh, the Canard Company. There's a Queen there Mary, is. too. And it sailed into Long Beach, huh. uh, saluting her namesake as it passed. Oh, that's so nice. That's so sweet. So today, the Queen Mary still sits at Pier J in Long Beach, California. Working on this, I often thought about a lot of the other famous ocean liners of that time. The Olympia, the Lusitanic, of course, the Titanic. And... It's really kind of that moment where you sort of realize how much and how far we've come, but also just like how the Queen Mary really sits as like this uh, last vestige of a very long dead era, that time when travel was glamorized, the world was young, people were just beginning to, like the corners of the world were becoming accessible to the commoner. And this is one of the last remnants of this and i guess ironically that almost makes the queen mary a ghost in herself last of a long dead era i would say that's actually pretty good yeah that's that's a that's a pretty good analogy right there i would 
a hundred percent agree with that, you know, like thinking about traveling now and it's how can I get where I need to go as fast as possible? I don't care if it's glamorous. I don't care anything. And people traveled so differently back when the Queen Mary was, you know, running her voyages and it was glamorous and fancy and you know you you lived on this thing until you got to where you needed to go so that's just that's really interesting i like i like that you brought that up there yeah that's all that's pretty cool well hey let me yeah that's all you got well let me tell you some real life accounts so this is all happening the queen mary is retired she did a great job she you know had a great career and uh now there's people exploring the ship and having experiences. So Carol Layden, a waitress on the Queen Mary while it was docked or while it is docked, uh, is quoted in saying, I'd been out there about 14 years when I had the first experience of actually seeing what I thought was a ghost. I was in the work area and for some reason I picked up a cup of coffee, went out to the tables and there was a lady sitting there. I was so fascinated by her dress. She appeared to be in a late afternoon cocktail type dress from the 40s. She had dark hair rolled at the sides with no makeup on. She seemed very pale, but I never saw her move. I left the table, went up about 10 feet, turned around because I wanted to take another look and there was nothing there. A former ship tour guide, Nancy Ann, had her own experience. Uh, Check this out here. One day, I was standing on the stairs of the pool, and out of the corner of my right eye, I saw a woman, probably in her 60s or 70s, in in black and white. She went down the stairs and around the pillar, expecting to find her standing there. She wasn't around, or she wasn't anywhere to be found. Uh, It was only a matter of seconds, so she couldn't have gone anywhere. So, again, very, like, quick, uh, you know, quick sightings here for the ghosts. Like, you know, so you really kind of have to have your wits about you when you're on board. Uh, Nancy had another experience with the supposed ghost of John Petter, the man who was uh, crushed by the doors. She is quoted in saying, I was working with the capacity of the lead guide, which meant it was my job to close down the tour route and make sure that there weren't any stragglers behind. I don't know why, but I had turned around and standing right behind me on the step was a man. He had on blue overalls and they were dirty. When I stepped aside to let him go by, he wasn't there. He was gone. I don't necessarily believe in any other ghost stories but uh, that other people come up with. I know only what I saw and I believe what I saw with my own eyes. All right, Nancy, appreciate the honesty. (laughs) I mean, you can't argue with what you see, you know? I I guess not, yeah. Uh, Last one here. One night, uh, a maintenance worker named Kathy Love and her co-worker heard mysterious sounds in the pool. They described it as a little girl giggling and playing in the area and splashing the water. Then the splashing stopped and the giggling continued and they saw wet footprints of a small child walk across the floor of the locker room. <laughs> no, I that's don't, pretty cool. Actually. I don't like that. <laughs> I, yeah. Like the fact that the ghost was able to like make water basically. And it's just like, I want you to know I'm here. Here are my footsteps. So the real question right now that I think all of you probably have is, can you visit the Queen Mary? And I have an answer for you, but it's not great. When I originally wrote this episode here, uh, you could still visit the Queen Mary Hotel. But as of today, which is uh, September 5th, it is temporarily closed until further notice. So at this time, we don't really have an answer to when we're going to be able to visit her again. But you can stay connected by going on the Queen Mary's YouTube page. And their website does a really, really great job of keeping you updated. So if you visit the website, you can learn a lot about her history. There's some ghost stories. And you can uh, learn about like the rates and stuff if you actually do want to go visit the Queen Mary. And that's it. That's the Queen Mary. Yeah, I got nothing else. Uh... <laughs> well, you guys can uh, talk with us because we're still going to be recording and uh, putting out episodes here. You can reach us at podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear your stories. Uh, if there's anything you want to 
here, you know, like any topics you want us to cover, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Um, let's see here. You can talk with us on Instagram and Twitter at spooky you podcast. And, uh, that's, that's what we got going on, man. That's, that's, that's it. That's all she wrote. That's all she sailed, I guess. Cause she's docked. Did you say California. to rate and review us on Apple? And Oh, of course you got to rate and review us guys on Apple, like subscribe, follow anything that you do on whatever device you're listening to podcasts on. Cause it they helps. all have different things. Yeah. Tell your that, friends that about us. That is a huge I mean, thing. Come yeah, on. We're just funny. Literally stand <laughs> outside of your house right now and just, yes, yell. Just First, yell. South. Yeah. North, just south, <laughs> east, then west. If you do that, thank you. Yes. And if you're an overachiever, northwest, uh, northeast, uh, southwest, and southeast really appreciate as well. You, dude. Okay. Dudettes. <laughs> and dudes and dudettes. And hey, you guys, man, that's that's all she wrote right now. So uh, hope y'all are having a great spooky season and we're going to come at you soon with some more good stuff. Class dismissed. <laughs>